0: Get ready to break molds and blaze trails. Welcome to the Chelsea Home Podcast, your shortcut to wellness, yeah. business, and growth. With a yeah. twist, let's flip the script and unlock your full potential to together. I'm ready to go. Don't stop the There's a voice living rent free in your head, and maybe you're aware of it, maybe you're not. It might sound like someone you know from your past, or it might be some made up character, but the thing you need to know is it really wants to protect you, it just doesn't always go about it the right way. So today we're going to be talking all about self-talk. Last week we talked about mindset, perspective, how to reframe those thoughts, and as a reminder, our lives will move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Um, if you haven't checked out Craig Grishel's book, Winning the War in Your Mind, or Dr. Shannon Irvine's um social media presence and different trainings that she has, go do that because it's super helpful when it comes to mindset and um, really getting our brains to work for us, how the subconscious works, how our beliefs can be very limiting or they can propel us forward and help us to visualize what it is that we want and look for it and how to make it happen in our lives. So how are you talking to yourself? So funny story about this. Last night I we had already put the kids to bed. It was a little later Wednesday nights we have church uh, for our our three older kids. Um and so it's a later night. Uh, our church is like uh, about 25ish minutes away. Um and so it's just far enough that we take our kids, but there's not enough time for us to come home and then go back without just immediately turning them back around. So we always, every week, we get creative. Either Zach will stay home with the two littles, or we'll all go together, and then Zach and I will take the two littles to um, there's a local wing place there in town, and we'll have like appetizers, desserts, whatever, and just hang out. Anyways, <laughs> it, it tends to be a later night when we finally get home when we get the kids in bed. Um, and we all get settled so I was walking around the house doing my evening stuff getting ready for the next day and I was talking to myself I was having a full-on conversation with myself and out loud (laughs) it was definitely audible and the funny part about it was my husband looked at me and he said are you enjoying talking to yourself how's that conversation going And I had to laugh because while I was aware that I was having an audible conversation with myself, keeping myself on track, I wasn't exactly aware that I was doing it audibly. Um, I don't know if you're like this, but I have conversations in my head with myself all the time. And these are not subconscious thoughts. These are like conscious, I'm having conversations with myself, I'm thinking through things, I'm talking out loud in my head to myself. Um, sometimes it becomes audible and I actually walk around talking to myself. Now I have heard mixed reviews on this that talking to yourself is a sign of intelligence. I have also heard that it's a sign that you're crazy. So crazy or intelligent, I'll take both. <laughs> I'm a little bit of both. Um, but How often do you find yourself talking to yourself and it's almost like there's somebody else in your head that's talking to you? And usually it's in a recognizable voice, whether it's someone from your past, maybe a teacher, a parent, um, somebody you had very dramatic interactions with, um, or maybe it's your own voice. Um, But it's very recognizable. It's very distinguishable. And when you're hearing this voice, it's usually Mm -hmm. as a response to something you're either trying to do or uh, a mistake you've made or a potential area where you are uncomfortable and are trying to work through a growth process. So it can be common reoccurring phrases like, for me, I tend to hear the phrase a lot you're not enough or you you'll never be enough or what are other people thinking about you or did you really do that what are people going to say it's things like that it's very it's very critical and the thing you need to understand about this inner voice is that it is to protect us and it has the best intentions So if you can think about it, a lot of times people's inner critics tend to be a parent um, or a teacher, as I said, you know, someone who had some sort of authority or guidance or um, responsibility of your life at some point, someone who was giving you direction, was teaching you, instructing you, those kinds of things. Um, And those interactions could have been positive, um, but... If you know how our brains work, we tend to hold on to the negative things much louder and longer than we hold on to the positive things. I mean, this is evident, in if someone makes a negative comment to you, just one, but they also make three positive comments to you, you're still going to hold on to that negative comment, and it's going to essentially erase any of the positive things that were said. Um, you, I, you may have heard it said that it takes about five to eight positive Comments or interactions to erase one negative. It's because we as people, we tend to hold on to the negative. We are naturally more negative. We tend to focus on what's missing, what's lacking, versus what we have in abundance, what we could have, the potential. Um, and so this inner critic does want to protect us from the unknown, the uncomfortable, um, you know, different perceived risks, Um, you know, so if you're trying something new and it's scary and you have a lot of unknowns, you're probably going to hear this inner critic voice pop up a lot, questioning you, trying to hold you back, putting you down, these kinds of things, because it's a self-protection. You may even have an image of this voice in your head. Um, it's, It's interesting when you stop to think about putting a face and like a scene with this voice that is trying to protect you but is doing it in a way that just doesn't feel good for us, doesn't encourage us, doesn't support us. Um, So I would encourage you to spend some time thinking through that um, and being able to, uh, first of all, identify that inner critic. And if you really want to dive in and do some deeper work, I highly recommend Tara Moore's book, Playing Bigger. Um, There's some stuff in the book that's a little more out there, a little more woo-woo than I would like to get into, but she does walk through uh, examination of this inner inner critic and um, walking through some exercises of how to um, which I'm going to share today, just really how to have this awareness and how to work with it and not just shut it down um, because our automatic reaction is to be like, shut up, I don't need you, um, when really acknowledging that this inner critic is trying to protect us from the unknown, but you know, acknowledging that and then also moving on, saying thanks but no thanks kind of thing. Um, so I wanted to walk you through... Seven, seven different steps that you can take to work on your self-talk and to make it work for you. Because we're always going to have self-talk, you know, whether it's conscious, okay, we're aware of our conscious, obviously. We're consciously choosing to have this conversation. Um, but it's the subconscious, it's the things that we're not consciously aware of Um, that kind of talk that's going on, the kind of things that seem to pop out of nowhere um, but are actually consistent when we see or we hear that reoccurring theme or that reoccurring saying from the inner critic. So I'm going to walk through this with you. So the first one is just an awareness. Everything starts with awareness. Anytime you are getting into personal development and growth, You are going to talk about awareness because if you're not aware of what's going on, if you're not aware of the things this inner critic is saying to you or how it's holding you back or how it's making you play small, then you're not going to be able to address it. Like As if you were standing across the room from somebody and addressing them face-to-face, that's where this starts, addressing them. So the second one is acknowledging that they're there, acknowledging that this voice is trying to protect us and is, you know, trying to keep us safe, to keep us from ridicule or being seen in a negative light from the people around us, um, those kinds of things, you know. I mean, you can think of a parent that you know, we want the best for our kids, um obviously, but there are different kinds of parents. There are the parents who, we'll call them helicopter parents. I'm sure you have heard this term. This is not me. I I do not relate to this group at all. I am very much the opposite. I believe in set boundaries, but allowing our kids to explore on their own free will within those set established boundaries. Um, so You could think of it as you know, you've got this whole huge acreage to play in, right, and explore, and there are dangerous things and, um, you know, risks within those bounds, but as long as they stay within the fence line, there is a safe, established, very distinct fence around that whole acreage. They are free to explore and be independent and curious and try new things and get hurt and learn lessons along the way that is the other kind of parenting it is the more independent independence establishing within set boundaries um you know so it's not letting your kid run through a parking lot and saying well what happens happens they'll learn their lesson not at all it is establishing the guideline that listen this is a dangerous place you will hold my hand while we walk to this parking lot because i'm teaching you the different things along the way to look out for, the fact that you are small, cars can't see you, (laughs) the fact that quickly moving through a parking lot is not wise because other cars are unpredictable and a lot of times not paying attention, right? It's not letting your kid run free and getting hit by a car and saying, well, they'll learn their lesson. Like, that's completely different. Now, versus, again, on the other side, the helicopter parent who will not allow that kid to take the risks and you know, get hurt along the way in smaller things to teach them their own natural um, boundaries and, and those kinds of things. So anyway, all of that to say, acknowledging <laughs> that we have a self-protection. Protection is not a bad thing. Um, there are just different ways to go about it. Um, and so we just need to acknowledge that this inner critic is trying to protect us but saying thanks, but no thanks. I hear you. I appreciate the fact that you're trying to protect me. But in order for me to grow to this next stage in my life, this next level that I'm trying to attain, whether that is, um, you know, working, building a business, or that is advancing in your career, or increasing the income that you're bringing in or increasing the amount of clients that you're servicing or just being able to show up in a bigger way in the relationships that you have. Um, all of that, um, makes us uncomfortable is unknown. Um, and just in, in selling our inner credit, you know, in order to do those things though, I need to get uncomfortable. I have to face this fear. I have to do this scary thing. I have to take this risk. And, um, I appreciate you and I hear you, uh, but I'm going to move forward in this. So then the third thing is to change the narrative. So if your inner critic is saying something over and over to you, like you're not enough, you... One of the best things you can do for your health is to make sure that your body is getting optimal nutrients that it can use in the right place, at the right time, in the right amounts so that you can expand your energy, increase your capacity, and be able to show up as the best version of yourself in your life, in your business, and for the ones you love most. Best of all, is sustainable and it's something that's not just going to impact today but is going to give you the lifestyle and habits that you truly want over time, my friend. Go check out Ready Set Wellness in the show notes. Um so okay, I want to back this up just a little bit to give you a little bit of insight. Um And also to make you start thinking about your life and your past and where these instances could have been for you. So I have some very specific instances, some very um, specific memories of moments that really shaped my growth and development and um, who I was and how I presented myself. Um, And it started pretty young. Um so it was things that were said to me that really started to change the way that I behaved or presented myself to other people. Um and the first one was that I really remember was on the school bus. I was in junior high and this person, I don't even remember, I don't even I don't even know if I knew this person, but I must have seen them on the bus every day because They looked at me. I can't even tell you if it was a guy or a gal. I I don't even remember. But they said to me, you smile too much. You're too happy. And it started this thing in my life of two. Anytime someone said I was too much of something, my natural protection mechanism, you know, being protected by my inner critic would be to tone it down. Okay, so we don't want to be too much of that, right? Like, Okay, I don't want to smile too much. I don't want to be a weirdo, right? Like, we want people to love us and accept us. That's like a human, that's a human thing that we all have, is we all want to be loved and accepted, right? Like, that's a God-shaped hole, and um, we all have that, all humanity. So that was the first instance. Um, The second instance was in high school, I had a teacher tell me that I was too transparent, that wearing my heart on my sleeve was going to get me hurt. Um, and so I took that to mean, okay, like, I am too transparent, so I need to make myself more opaque. I need to make myself more dense. Like, I need to protect myself. I need to put up some barriers that are going to protect me from getting hurt because I don't want to get hurt, right? Like, nobody wants to get hurt, Um but the crazy thing is, in order to love somebody, you actually have to put yourself at risk for being hurt, and you cannot control at all, whether you get hurt or not. And the likelihoods in any relationship of any kind, you will get hurt at some point, and you will also hurt others at some point, point. Um, and that is the risk of love, right? Um, so that was the second one. The third one came in college when I was interested in this guy, and he told me that I was too passionate like i was I was too much um he It wasn't even that he wasn't looking for a relationship. it was just that he couldn't handle the level of passion that I and attention that i was I was bringing um and it wasn't even romantic necessarily. Um, it was more so I saw a need and felt a a need to fill it, um, you know, like packing lunches for this person and just being excessively over the top, like kind, like, um, and that one, that one hurt a lot. Um, and I, I started to, to tone myself down in the sense of, okay, I don't want to be too enthusiastic or too much for people, like that's not what like i want to just be normal i guess you could say right like um and so it was all of these so again it was that word too too much um and it wasn't until later on in life after i had you know spent some years toning down here and there and making sure i was you know not coming across too strong too much too passionate too transparent in any area um that I actually realized that those things were god given special gifts to me that make me me. those are the most me possible. I am extremely passionate. I am extremely transparent. <laughs> I am extremely intense. um you know i I do smile a lot because I think that it changes things for people. Just seeing someone smile. And smiling back at them can totally impact more than just the two people smiling at each other. It can impact people all around who are seeing that. Um, And so changing this narrative, like your inner critic is saying these things to you. My inner critic repeated those things back to me for years. You're being too much. You're being too smiley. You're being too enthusiastic and too intense. And I toned myself down as a self-protection because I wanted to be liked. Um, I wanted to be understood by people. But it wasn't until I realized that those things are what God gave me specifically to make me me that everything changed for me. And the more I lean into those and change that narrative of, yeah, I am too much and I love it. I am too enthusiastic, and it's fantastic. I do smile too much, but you can never smile too much. Can you really be too nice? Like, come on, man. Um, You know, like, these are the things that make me me. Um, So that's the third one is changing the narrative. You know, instead of leaning and shying away from those things that are kind of risky and scary and unknown, leaning into them and changing the narrative and embracing it as a good thing, um, that can be life-changing. So the fourth one is Focusing on who you're becoming. Who do you want to be? So you are who you are now, right? And a year from now, you hopefully will grow and be a better version of yourself. And because that's because you went through hard things. You're going to go through struggles. You're going to learn how to overcome them, hopefully. Um, You're listening to podcasts about personal development. So I'm going to (laughs) assume that you are not going to be in the same place a year from now that you are today. Um, So who is it that you want to become? you know who is that you know best version of you that ideal version of yourself now are we ever going to 100% attain that on this side of heaven no absolutely not but it's more of this focus on the daily decisions that we're making to lay the foundation and the groundwork for just trying to be better each day than we were yesterday because we have that free will to do that and that is our positive impact in this world and being the good that we want to see in my personal opinion so five goes along with the who are we becoming um, and those decisions we're making but number five is having a vivid vision with lots of details who this person is that we are striving to become through our decision making you know and getting really specific like what does that person wear? How do they dress? What what do they how do they talk when they're talking to other people? When they meet somebody and they walk into a room? How does that look? How does that feel? How does that sound? How does it smell? Who is it surrounded with? Um what kind of house do they live in? What kind of work is this person doing? You know, all of these things and getting really, really, really specific about it. Because what we put out there in the world, now I am not talking about manifestation. I think there's a little woo-woo stuff about that. But what we focus on is what we will find. So if we are focused on everything we don't have, who we're not, how we're never going to be that person, well, guess what? That's the direction our life is going to go because, again, our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. But if we're focused on becoming this version um, of ourselves, we're going to look for ways to make that happen. Our subconscious is going to kick in and is going to look for the things we're putting out there and helping us to get curious about problem solving and overcoming and figuring these things out. So, prime example is you are going to buy a car and you buy a Blue Ford Focus because that's what my husband and I bought. <laughs> it was like our first big purchase together um after we'd gotten married when we bought that car, you know we had never had an interest really in Ford Focuses. We had never really talked about it um you know before then we didn't really know anyone who had one um Blue. We weren't looking for blue Ford Focuses anywhere. But I'll tell you what, as soon as we bought that car, what did we see all over the roads? Blue Ford Focuses. What did we see on bill, billboards? Blue Ford Focuses. That dang car was everywhere. And all of a sudden, it seemed like, well, everyone has this car. What? Like, we thought we were the only one. No, that's a very common car. But The thing is, we saw what we were looking for. So right now, if I told you, look around the room and point out everything orange that you see, okay? So look around your room. Find everything orange that you see, okay? Um, Okay, all right, all right. Orange, orange, orange. We're looking at it. We're finding it. I got a book over here. There's a paper clip, a pen. I got some, there's a cap on some lotion, some paper, some crayons over there, like all kinds of stuff, right? Okay, now, how many things did you see that were blue? Um, I don't remember anything blue that I saw because I wasn't looking for it. <laughs> How about you? Now if I tell you go back and look at everything blue that you saw, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, well, there's oh every there's so much blue in this room. We have a lot of blue in our house. Um, And it just goes to show that what you're looking for you'll find, and if you're not looking for something, you won't find it. And isn't it interesting that when I said look for orange, you were probably looking at things that were like, orange like shades of orange but maybe more yellow and you're like oh that's definitely orange right like you are making things <laughs> look like orange um, and that's the way that our lives are too so what we're looking for what we're focusing on so the more specific we can get in this vivid vision with lots of details the more likely we are to find it um, which is super empowering and this like gets me really really excited so then the sixth one is to filter our thoughts and our actions through this vivid vision of our future self of who we're becoming um, so when you're eating when you're planning your meals how is that future person going to be eating are they going to be eating nothing that, that you're eating now like it's not to bring shame either like I don't want that to be here either it's more of a a freedom and the fact that we get to make these decisions that are laying that foundation for that future self to be built and born, right? Like, um, so just filtering it through that, that, you know, would this future self, would they do these things? Um, Would they uh, be spending their time doing this? Would they be investing their energy and resources in any given thing? Would they – be making these decisions that they're making or not. I mean, I remember one time specifically, um, I was, I had just, you know, I had read Tara Moore's book. I had gone through a book study with a group of my mentors and colleagues on this book. Um, and so it was very much at the forefront of my mind of this future version of myself that that I was thinking about. And I was shopping, clothes shopping. These are more stories to come in a few months when we get to financial wellness. I like shopping, very much so. Um, The whole sensation part of it for me, like touching the fabrics, smelling things, looking at things, taste, like I love it all. Like it just, I love it. Anyway, I was shopping. I was in a, oh, what is that store called? They don't even have them anymore, Boston store in Wisconsin. They're closed now. I don't even think there's any more anywhere. But they always had really great deals. And uh, it was kind of like a Kohl's or something. And I was looking through their clothes through this filter of future best version of self, right? And I saw this blazer, which I have, I still have. Um, It was higher quality, it was lined, it, it was, it's black with like some pretty flower print on it. And to me, blazers just like my husband hates them. <laughs> he thinks blazers are old ladyish. I love blazers. When I put a blazer on, I feel put together. I feel like powerful. I feel um just like that higher version of myself, that better version, um and I don't know why. It's just some people put on lipstick, I put on blazers. <laughs> I like them. Um and I, I disbelieve it, it was a little bit more expensive, but like I said, it was higher quality. And I just remember picking it up and touching it. I like to touch things, and which is also funny. My husband really likes Seinfeld and likes to watch those episodes while he's working on um, these carbols boards. I don't know if you're familiar with the game of carbols. It's kind of like Chinese checkers or trouble or I don't know what the other thing it's called. But anyway, it's fun. But he makes these boards. And um, while he's working on them, he will watch Seinfeld because it's mindless, it's funny, whatever. Well, there's an episode where they are feeling people's fabrics, and Elaine, a guy picks her up, you know, and starts dating her because that's how he, like, interacted. He, like, felt her fabric, and she was like, oh, I like this guy. So then the other guys in the episode are trying to do the same thing, and George does it, and he, like, gets fired from this job that he just got and all this, and it's just hilarious. So anyways... But I like to feel fabrics. And um, so I, like, felt this blazer, and I was just like, yes, like, this is something that future version of me would wear. Like, I would feel powerful in this. And I love this blazer. I still have this blazer, um, and I still wear it all the time. And, uh, you know, so just filtering your actions and thoughts through this lens, through this, I guess, rose colored glasses or... Future self colored glasses, you could say. So, then the last one is just to focus on this as a daily practice. Um, You're not going to overhaul your self talk in one day. It is a practice just like anything else. It comes with consistency and it starts with that awareness. And we're never going to fully arrive and be masters of our mindset. And we still have decisions that we have to make every single day. And sometimes those decisions lead towards the things that we are wanting in our life, and sometimes they don't, and I think the key is just owning it, that I I made that decision, that didn't really align with where I'm going, Um, and now I'm going to move on. I'm not going to shoot all over myself, because that is not helpful ever. I am going to um, just move on, own it, and move on. Make the decision, great, let's go on. We're just not going to get stuck in that trench, in that pattern um, of that mindset. So I hope you found this helpful today. I really hope that through all of this, you will have some practical steps that you can take and apply to your own mindset to have an awareness of this inner critic, to be able to start addressing it and crafting this very specific future version of yourself to be your filter for everything that you're talking about. So next week, we'll be back and I'm going to be talking about your circle and your environment. Take care, my friends.
1: Thanks for joining the
0: Chelsea Home Podcast journey. If you've enjoyed challenging the norm and embracing growth with a twist, share the love. Don't forget to subscribe. Until next time, keep defying expectations and keep leaning into who God made you to be.